Welcome, everyone. I'm Kim Christensen, and this is the Peaceful Productivity Podcast, where I share strategies to help you get the most out of your time and feel better in the process. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Peaceful Productivity Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Christensen, and today we are going to talk about managing overwhelm. So I'm really excited to be here today to talk to you about overwhelm. And the reason why is because I see so many people struggling with overwhelm. And today I'd like to offer some tools that can help you to manage overwhelm, not just in the moment, but also can help you to manage and prevent overwhelm in the future. When I think about overwhelm, I think about an iceberg, I think about the feeling of overwhelm as being the tip of the iceberg, and it's the visible part of what's going on, and the part underneath the surface is the result of all of these unmade decisions that we have. So I call them the pending decisions, decisions that are piling up in our brain, and so much so that we don't even know where to start. There's just so many decisions below the surface and the volume of them causes us to feel overwhelmed or the complexity or weightiness of those decisions can cause us to feel overwhelmed. And so then we might ask ourselves, well, why do we put off these decisions? Why are we allowing them to pile up in our brains? And the reason why is because decisions require a great deal of our mental energy small or big, they all require mental energy. And we often tell ourselves that we don't have the time or the bandwidth, the mental energy to make those decisions. So that causes us to put off more decisions, which causes us to feel more overwhelmed. And that's the real problem with overwhelm is that overwhelm leads to more overwhelm. All of that mental clutter in our brain breeds more mental clutter. And it causes us to put blinders on so much so that we can't necessarily see a way out, which then causes us to feel more overwhelmed. It's really like an overwhelmed trap. When we get into this tunnel of overwhelm, our options become very limited. We really only see two options. Those options are freeze or frantic. What I mean by that is when we're feeling really overwhelmed, there's this inclination to just give up. That's the freeze instinct. Like I can't see the options. I don't even know where to start. So I'm just going to stop altogether. That's the freeze instinct. Or the alternative is the frantic instinct where I just have to get busy, get moving, get things going in order to solve for this feeling of overwhelm. I don't want to feel overwhelmed anymore, so I need to get busy and just get some stuff done. So under pressure, we really just see those two options. We either stop altogether or we just get busy getting busy. I would like to offer an alternate solution. And the solution is probably going to go against all our better instincts to freeze or frantic because what that solution is, is to make a quick plan. And the reason I say it goes against our instincts is because it requires us to take a moment, slow down, take a breath, 
And our instinct is to either stop altogether or get busy getting busy. And so we don't want to take a moment, collect our thoughts and become more strategic. We just want to get going and solve our feelings of overwhelm with action. Taking a moment to come up with a strategy, even if it's just a strategy or a plan for the next 60 minutes, can provide considerable relief. I think about it like when you're dealing with a lot of physical clutter in a room and you don't even know where to start. There's just so much there. If you were just to go in and organize a single drawer, get really strategic about what it is that you want to accomplish in a small time frame, break it right down, that can provide you with a lot of relief in making that decision. So making the plan can bring you a lot of relief, but bringing some organization to something really small, like a drawer in a cluttered room, that can also give you a great deal of relief as well. So I'd like to offer that as the first strategy when you're feeling really, really overwhelmed to just pause and collect your thoughts and come up with a small strategy. Really what we're doing here is we are making some decisions. Some of those decisions that are cluttering our brain, we're just going to make a couple of them, some smaller ones, just to give us some breathing room. Goes against our better judgment to slow down when we're so busy to take a breath and to make this plan. I kind of think of it like the tortoise and the hare. It's like telling the tortoise that the best way to beat the hare is to stop and create a plan. The upside, though, is that if the tortoise did create a plan he might realize that he doesn't even want to be in this race, which is interesting. Or he might realize that there's a more direct route to the finish line. Or he would discover a motorcycle. Instead of doing any of that, his instinct is just to try to go faster and rely on the hair to take a nap so that he can pass the hair. It reminds me of a trip to go on a hike recently where I was meeting some friends at a place. I had been there once before, I think, but I wasn't entirely sure where the turnoff was. Rather than pull the car off to the side of the road and look up the location or program the GPS, I just kept going with the idea that I could be there on time if I just kept going and made sure that I kept a lookout for any signage. When in reality, what probably would have happened is if I had pulled over, checked the map, and then kept going, my likelihood of arriving on time would have significantly increased as my stress level would have significantly decreased because the entire time that I was telling myself that I would probably just see a sign to turn off, there was also this nagging doubt, this worry that maybe I would miss the sign. And then I would have to go for a ways before I realized it, and then I would be late. So if I had just taken the few seconds it would have required to pull over and check the map, my likelihood would have gone up of arriving on time and my stress would have gone down. However, this is not our instinct in that moment when we're feeling overwhelmed and there's considerable pressure to keep going and to get going faster. 
So that's the solution to overwhelm in the moment is creating a quick plan in that moment, even if it's small and just for the very near term. This is also the solution to preventing overwhelm in the future is to create plans. And the more we develop that skill of becoming proactive, the further ahead that we can look. So we can start to create plans for today, for tomorrow, for this week, for this month, et cetera, et cetera. But in the near term, if the skill of becoming more proactive is new to you, then I'll offer that just creating a plan starting with the next 24 hours can help you to become more proactive. Another solution to overwhelm is investing some time in systems. I'm going to talk about systems in a future podcast, but the ability to delegate some routine decisions to your systems is kind of like having a personal assistant where you can take some of those routine decisions, you can make them once, batch them, and then create a system around them so that you're not having to revisit the same decisions over and over again, which greatly reduces the mental energy that's required. And you can save that mental energy for things like planning, becoming more proactive, and those complex, weightier decisions. The idea of planning can be met with quite a bit of resistance, especially for those people who don't necessarily see the value of planning. Some of those benefits are things like creating more clarity around what's important to you and what do you want to act on and what's less important what you can let go of. So that clarity can be really helpful. Another benefit of planning is that it gives you an increased sense of control over what's happening because you're now assuming responsibility for those decisions over what happens, when it's going to happen, and how you're going to do it. And that control can help you to have some peace of mind in terms of controlling the flow of what's coming at you. It's really the difference between creating your life on purpose and reacting to your life. Another benefit of planning is the increased likelihood of following through. It's the difference between seeing an old friend and saying something like, we should meet for lunch sometime, or meeting that same old friend and saying, do you have the availability to meet for lunch on Saturday at noon at our favorite restaurant? Assuming that other person says yes, the likelihood of actually meeting with this person and you following through on this intent is much more likely than if you had just left it at, we should get together sometime. So really what planning does is it transforms the intention and the desire into commitment, which then increases the likelihood of follow through. And the final benefit that I'll offer today is the focus that comes from having a plan in place and not being distracted by thoughts or worries or concerns about what should be happening at this time. Once those decisions have been made in advance, it gives you the bandwidth and the focus to be fully present in the moment and show up in that moment the way that you intend to show up. It's kind of like when you're attending a meeting and you're getting notifications while you're in the meeting, notifications from your email or your phone 
or whatever the case might be. And those notifications are like little nagging thoughts. I should check that. I wonder what's happening right now. I wonder if I'm needed. I wonder if I should be doing something else. In the absence of a plan, those notifications are coming from our own brain. And they're saying similar things. I wonder what I should do next. I wonder if I'm forgetting something. I wonder what I should have for dinner. They are a symptom of our mental clutter, of our unmade pending decisions. And the plan helps us to make those decisions in advance to give us the mental space to really focus our attention on the task at hand. So given all those benefits of planning, preventing overwhelm, creating clarity, creating a sense of control and certainty, and increasing the likelihood of follow through and the ability to focus, then why is it that we resist planning so much? I think the first reason that we resist planning is because the idea of planning actually contributes to our overwhelm. So we're thinking about, oh, now I have to add one more thing to my list of things to do. And so it just becomes one more thing to procrastinate on. And that's why I really encourage people to use the power planning method. That's my method for breaking planning itself down into small little bites, so small that you can do it consistently every single day, build the proactive muscle so that it just becomes part of your approach rather than something that you actually have to do on your to-do list. For those of you who are feeling so overwhelmed right now that the idea of planning creates more overwhelm for you, I'll break down the power planning method for you right now. It's got really just two steps and those two steps can be practiced daily. The first step will be in the morning and the second step will be at the end of your day. So at the end of the day, what you'll be doing is you will be taking a look at the next day. When we put about 24 hours or asleep in between us and what we're actually intending to do, it gives us access to the prefrontal cortex part of our brain, that part of our brain that's responsible for executive function, for planning, for creativity. To access that part of the brain, we need to actually make decisions in advance. Decisions in the moment are more likely to use the instant gratification part of our brain. So at the end of the day, I like to look ahead. Really, it's a visualization in your brain of what the blocks of activity are that you're going to do tomorrow. So it can take as little as a few minutes each day. So for example, Today, what I had set aside is some time to work on this podcast, some time to do some writing, some time to visit a family member, some time to meet with a colleague, and then some personal free time. And so I had those blocks of time set aside as parameters in my brain, and I thought about those in advance for the next day. Then when the next day comes, what I'll invite you to do is take a moment early in your day and visualize how you would like to show up during the day. This is also key to creating that proactive muscle 
where you're actually looking ahead beyond the next meeting, beyond the next task to think about not just what you want to do, but who you want to be throughout the day. This builds that skill. And then towards the end of the day, when you're looking ahead, you can also reflect back and congratulate yourself for showing up in the way that you want to. Those are the key elements of building any habit is to have some awareness around what's currently happening, to build some intention around what you would like to happen, and then reinforcing the intended behavior with your own self-congratulations and your own approval. So those are some of the reasons why we resist planning, mostly because we feel like it's going to take away from our progress when in fact it actually contributes to our progress. And the idea of taking the time to make a plan can contribute to our overwhelm. The last reason why we might resist planning is because we might resist the structure or the perceived rigidity that comes with planning. I encourage all of my clients to plan from a place of self-care, to avoid that rigidity that comes with a plan. And this comes from the planning fallacy, which is a cognitive bias where we plan for the best case scenario, and we expect that everything will go exactly according to plan. And then when things don't go according to plan, when the unexpected happens, then we get derailed quite easily from our plan and we tend to throw out the entire plan rather than revisiting the plan or becoming more flexible in our planning. So to avoid all of that and to accommodate the planning fallacy, what I like to do is I like to create a really flexible plan. To create lots of flexibility in your plan, I always recommend starting with planning for self-care and free time first. You also build in a buffer in terms of estimating how long something's going to take. The way that this buffer works for me is I set aside blocks of time to do different things. And I will take the worst case scenario estimate of time rather than the best case scenario estimate of time. And what this does is it allows me to have a little bit of flexibility in terms of how long something's going to take. And it also gives me additional free time in the event that I am able to finish faster than I had otherwise anticipated. So to summarize all of that, the solution to overwhelm is twofold. First of all, setting up your systems in advance so that you can quote unquote automate some of those more routine decisions and delegate them to your habitual brain. And the other big solution for overwhelm is creating a plan. And you can start really, really small with a power planning method and you can work up to creating plans for longer periods of time. The final step that I would recommend in terms of planning is setting aside time in your calendar. I know that some people will use their calendar just for appointments and meetings. Blocking time in your calendar can be a really good way of turning that intention into commitment. 
it's often easier when things are on a task list to have a sense that you will accomplish more than you can actually accomplish. But when you attach a time frame to the different activities that you intend to do, and you actually schedule them in your calendar with the buffer and the self-care time and the free time that we talked about, then it gives you a more realistic idea of what you can actually accomplish. And then the very last thing that I'll offer is when you're creating a plan, it always is best practice to anticipate any obstacles that might come up. Anticipating obstacles prevents us from throwing out the entire plan if the plan gets derailed. Creating flexibility, buffers, and mitigation strategies for obstacles gives us the ability to pivot in the moment when things come up rather than abandoning the whole plan and slipping back into overwhelm. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. This has been a lot of fun. I've had a great time offering some strategies on overcoming overwhelm. If you would like any further information on creating a planning habit or even working through your planning strategy, check out my website, financialwellnesscoach.ca. Under the coaching tab, you'll find a link for scheduling your free strategy session. Thanks everyone and have a great day.